0: Another one, another
1: one We the best music, DJ Khaled I don't know if you can take it. No, you wanna see me naked, naked, naked. I wanna be a baby, baby, baby. Spinning in as much as I came from me take. Ragger with it on the broad. When I get like this, I can't be a robber I'm to dim down and I'm Cause I get into things that I'm gon' do Wow, wow, wow Wow, 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 thoughts Wow, wow, wow When I with you, all I get is wild thoughts Wow, wow, wow When I with you, all I get is wild thoughts
0: Let's go I hope
1: you know I'm for the taking you know this cookies for the bag Kitty, kitty, baby, get her things to rest Like, 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 like the 68 Jets Diamonds and nothing when I'm rockin' with ya Diamonds and nothing when I'm shining with ya Just keep it white and black, I said, find me sister I'm too hip to hop around, time to hit with ya I know I get wow, wow, wow Wow, 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 wow When I'm with you, all I get is wild thoughts. Wow, wow, wow
2: when I
0: was you,
2: all I get is wiped Hey, uh, uh. I heard that taking. I heard it got these up going crazy Yeah, I treat you like a lady, lady Till you burned out cremation Make it create Wu-Tang Throw that back bouquet, bouquet. Call me and I could get it to say. say I could tell you gone off the doofy yeah, Careful fine. mama, why would you say You talking to me like a new babe You talking like you trying to do things Now that party gotta run it like she you saying, baby You made me drown in it, ooh, touche, baby I'm carrying that water, Bobby Boucher, baby And you know I'ma slaughter like I'm Jason Busted why you got it on safety White go wait, sit on brown, nigga I probably shouldn't be around you Cause you get wild, 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 You looking like it's nothing that you won't do. What you won't do? Hey girl, that's when I told you. When I was you, all I get is wild thoughts. Wild, 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 wild wow Wild, wild, wild.
1: When I was you, all I get is wild thoughts.
2: Wild,
1: wild, wild. When I was you, all I get is wild thoughts.
0: DJ Khaled.
3: And hello everyone, welcome to tonight's episode of Willie Nathan's Stream Podcast, Nathan Spotlight, My Spotlight. As tonight is the last podcast episode for our show uh, for 2023. And uh, we have a lot to go into tonight, from top stories to recaps on daytime TV and spoilers to what to expect for the remaining four soap operas. So uh, let's get right into it. Before we go into our top stories tonight, I wanted to acknowledge the recent passing of actor from Wanted to Live, uh, Kamar D. Los Reyes. Uh, He passed away on December 24, 2023. Uh, You know, uh, after battling cancer at the age of 56. Kamar is survived by his wife, Sherry Soem, and three children. Uh, Many actresses such as Robin Strasser, Beth Ann Boner, uh, Cassie DePaiva, Tika Sumter, Greg Vaughn, F- Florence Lozano, Jacob Young, Kristen Allison, and so many others have paid their tributes and respects to the actor. Lei actually just recently passed away uh, on December 24, 2023, the day before Christmas, and that is just so heartbreaking to lose a loved one, you know, a day before the most joyous time of the year, you know, uh, Christmas, and so... Uh, this podcast tonight will be dedicated to him and his memory, so do not be surprised or shocked to hear uh, recent sound bites of him and his time we'll have to live and other projects truly he was a part of as well. So, uh, you know, you know, be on the lookout for that. Uh, but with that, guys, let's get into our top stories for tonight. And the first one we get into is, um, let's see here, is Emerald Fennell and the. Uh, status of the movie Zatanna for the DC EU uh, universe on the big screen. So let's go right into it. This is from Digital Spy. Emerald Fennell confirms her new her DC movie has been cancelled. Uh, posted December twenty second, 2023, by George Lewis, and it says Emerald Fennell, Fennell has confirmed that her proposed world of DC film focusing on Zatanna has been cancelled. A director, writer and actor who has worked on Killing Eve and Call of the Midwife was announced as a screenwriter for the project back in 2021. However, news on its development since has been scarce. Fennel, who also starred in The Crown The Crown, has now confirmed that the project has been scrapped, following major leadership changes at DC Studios and James Gunn's and Peter Servan's restructuring and plans for its movies, TV shows, and more going forward. And I'm going to play this clip. Um, from see, this clip here from Happy Sack Infused podcast with Josh Horowitz, and uh, basically the two of them talk about the, the status and the fate of you know the of the Satana movie and you know what happened. So take a listen to what they have to say about it, and then once they're done, we can um we can, you know we can talk about it and discuss with you guys. Give you guys my thoughts and views using this as well because you know I know there's a lot of uh, potential with uh, Emerald Fennel's Fana- Emerald uh, you know take on the character of a especially after the movie you know Saltburn that came out a couple uh, a couple weeks back and you know which was a very great movie. Check it out if you guys are not. Especially Killing Eve too. So uh, let's, let's just play this right here. With the clip. Hold on, guys. <clears throat> Zatanna came up for you. Did you, yeah. did you Did you write the script? Is it still out there with the new mm. regime at, at DC? Is it still potentially no. happening? No, it's not happening.
0: It was when JJ Abrams um, was had just, I think, just arrived at, at um, Warner Brothers and was going to like reboot the Dark Universe. And I just thought he was the coolest. I don't know a huge amount about the superhero genre. How does one make a movie like that for people like me who maybe don't know so much and wouldn't necessarily buy a ticket the first time around. So it's sort of that kind of thing. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And Zatan is just a really, really cool character. But in the end, I think the whole universe got kind of, you know, was changed and so but that's fine. I love writing. I love writing. I love working with people. So it was kind of really fun to do in the end.
3: And so there it is, from uh, Emerald Fennell confirming that you know her DC movie has been canceled. Uh, you know, and also says here in the uh, article on Digital Spy, uh, while the Zatana Project is now scrapped, fans of Fennell's work and rejoice that our new movie Saltburn is now available to stream, just in time for the Christmas and New Year period. The movie stars Barry Keoghan, recently spoken about the upcoming release, sharing his nervousness. Regarding that closing scene. Quote, they can po- press pause and look at it. He remarks referencing his new dance scene soundtrack by Sophie Ellis Brex's murder on the dance floor. Quote, that's one thing that kind of freaks me out is that people can do that. So, uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, Emerald Fennell's, you know, ver- you know not just version, but movie of Tana was cancelled. I mean, it would have been so cool to see her take on the character and how she would introduce, you know, the magic the dark arts of the DC uh, EU on the mid-screen and, you know, I I guess now we're going to I think maybe hold off I think most of all, I think we're going to hold off on it for now because with the new direction going on between James Gunn and others for Warner Brothers and DC on the big screen, they want to see how the first couple of movies do first. For example, um, Superman Legacy, I think that's what the movie is called. You know, that, you know, all of that. Uh, you know, once, you know, we, we see how that goes, then I think we'll get a of movie. And I, hopefully, James Gunn does reach out to Emerald Fennell to do that movie. But, um, you know, check out Saltburn if you have not. I know I have. So it's Willie. We did a movie review about it. Couple episodes back, and it is a very well done movie. Underrated, one does not get a lot of credit. So, um, you know, make sure you guys check it out. But uh, you know, again, shout out to Emerald Finale. It's unfortunate that Satana was canceled, but you know, then again, maybe down the line we'll, we'll probably get to see her either direct Satana or maybe direct another DC movie uh, that's that's in the works. So, stay tuned for that. Okay, and with that, let's go to our next top story for tonight. Uh, let see here. Ah, yes, let's go to this one right here. And later on in the podcast, before the show ends, I'm going to do a movie review on Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And we'll get to discuss everything about the movie, my thoughts on it, and how many popcorns am I actually going to give it. So expect a huge splash tonight on Willing Nates' extreme podcast, let's discuss the domestic box office debut for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Posted right here uh, from Collider by Raul Mathara, published two days ago, so uh, recently. And it says here, The crowded Christmas time box office frame is coming in lower than expected, with a host of new releases vying for attention alongside uh, holdovers. Topping the domestic chart in its debut weekend in this film final film in Warner Brothers' decade-long DC Extended Universe, Command and the Lost Kingdom. Directed by James Wan and starring Jason Momoa, Aquaman 2 is eyeing an extended four-day debut of less than $40 million, which is roughly $3 million short of yesterday's projections. In its traditional three-day debut, the film is looking at an estimated $27.6 million dollars. Interest in D- ECEU has been dwindling to the point of disregard this year, especially after WB May's future plans for the franchise clear. The series will be rebooted in 2- 2025 with director James Gunn's uh, Superman Legacy. Aquaman 2 finds itself in a fortunate position of closing a largely disappointing chapter in movie making. It comes at the tail end of the series that of DC does this, this year. Shazam, so Fear of the Gods, Blue Beetle, and The Flash. Reviews for Aquaman 2 certainly are promising. Unlike the first film, which lagged it all the way to $1.1 billion globally after a $72 million dollar debut and its expanded opening domestically, Aquaman's true rising 36% score on review Edgar Rotten Tomatoes and Dolby Cinema score from opening day audiences suggests that it will sink immensely. The movie's 3D figures are in the same range as Blue Beetle's $25 million dollar debut shazam's two's three million debut and much lower than the 55 million opening delivered by the flash but wb can at least brag about securing the top two spots in the domestic chart this weekend and it has it right here in um for 2023 dce releases um shazam for the gods i mentioned on opening weekend 30.1 million dollars blue beetle Twenty-five million dollars. The Flash, fifty-five million dollars. And Aquaman, the Lost and the Lost Kingdom, twenty-seven point six million dollars. And that's not the only thing as well, guys. Um, basically, if you guys have not noticed, there wasn't any, you know, middle or post credits that were uh, seen in the movie or after it was done or once the credits were done rolling. And there, and there is uh, obviously, I think. A either good or shall I say lame reason about why we didn't see it and why it just goes to show how why it just goes to show you that you know the DC EU and Warner Brothers in general really really just don't get it and they really dropped the ball which is no surprise but let me get this clip here this is from comic book let us see here comic book uh, cast 2 On YouTube, they are a very well-known, um, very well-known, you know, uh, uh, you know, video channel that's been covering comic books and comic book movies and comic book TV shows and everything for so many years. And so I'm going to play this clip for you right here and, uh, just sit back and listen to, uh, you know, main from Comic Book Cast 2 discuss about, you know, what was cut from Aquaman and Lost Kingdom, and everything else, and, what, and how it will affect moving, moving forward.
4: Now that people have seen Aquaman 2 and are able to talk about it and we're hearing and comparing what was in the film to what was supposed to be in the film and some of those early test screenings, it's pretty much, I think, very well known that they caught a lot of DCEU references and content from this film. And now, according to reports, this was all because of James Dunn's call to do it. So we don't really know the extent of what was cut out of Aquaman 2. During different test screenings, we've gotten little bits and pieces of news, info, and leaks. We for certain know that Michael Keaton's Batman was in the film. He was cut out. And he was supposed to be recruiting Arthur at the end of the film for this oncoming crisis slash a Justice League 2 we also know that Ben Affleck was in one cut at the beginning of the film and this set up the whole flash crisis thing and that's why there was two different Batmans in the film played by different actors now the whole flash effect allegedly there was some stuff that paid back the ending of the flash and if you guys watch that film It's him and Arthur going out, partying, drinking, and then, yeah. But again, we know that that film went through a round of changes where The Flash did not end up in the DCEU. He, of course, ends up in some other universe where Batman is, well, um, George Clooney from Batman and Robin. So, obviously, they couldn't pay this back because, well, it was a different universe. Unless you want to tell everybody George Clooney's the Batman in this universe. On top of this, there was reportedly scenes that included Wonder Woman at some point, but we don't know if they ever got Gal to record the scenes or they were planned. And there was supposed to be references to Man of Steel, whatever was going to be happening with that future, and Black Adam. Again, nowhere to be seen. By all other accounts, there was also supposed to be teases in regards to what's going on on the land in this film a.k.a. what's going on while Arthur and Orm are on their adventure, and when they get back, it was supposed, to, you know, set up this next big coming chapter. And from somebody I talked to and some reports I've seen buzzing online, this would have been a bigger hint towards a dark side coming. But again, this was all cut. Allegedly, this was all James Gunn's call. Re-edit the film, cut everything out. We don't want any mentions of what's coming next. I mean, it makes sense that they don't want that there, because it doesn't make sense, because the universe is over. But also, I mean, The Flash kept everything in, so you should have just honestly kept it in. But a part of me feels like they knew more backlash would follow if they included any of this, so they just want to, you know, cut it out and go, ignore it, pretend it can never happen. Probably the right call, but, man. Has anything DC not been botched this year in terms of what they were going for? Kind of crazy.
3: And, yes, yeah, so basically, our main just explained, you know, uh, what was cut from Aquaman and Lost King, Lost King, reportedly. And I have to say, it's not surprising when it comes to, uh, you know, DC, EU, Warner Brothers, and the direction from... The universe from the beginning when they had Man of Steel, then Superman uh, versus Batman, then Justice League, Wonder Woman, so on and so forth. By the way, uh, you know some of those films were very good, very well done. I enjoyed them, but when you look at when you look at um, you know the movies and how they were done at first, of course Zack Snyder was a part of it, and now you know, he's not, he's no longer a part of it anymore. James Gunn is is, uh, in charge, you know, the head honcho for uh, future DC movies on the base screen, and I wish him all the best, but I do agree with Army. I think, you know, maybe it was the best way to keep them out, but then again, it would have been nice to see, you know, what would happen with, um... It would have been nice to see what happened if they kept it in, do I think they'll release a director's cut of Aquaman and the Lost King reportedly? Uh excuse me, Aquaman and the Lost King? No, I don't. I think that's done and over with unless, you know, there's a change of heart. But, you know, I think <clears throat> I think at this point, you know, with this movie, Aquaman and the Lost King being the last film for the DCEU, and now we're heading into a new era, you know, hopefully James Gunn uh, can be able to salvage whatever is left because right now it's just all over the place. And the fact that Aquaman Lost Kingdom, you know, was not, you know, had, you know, uh, has been struggling to stay afloat in the you know, domestic box office is not surprising. I mean, uh, I just think that the momentum <laughs> for a film like this, I think, really... Uh, Flamed out. I think was even before the film came out. I think there are other movies such as, uh, let's see here, such as you know the before the Flash, Blue Beetle, or The Gods. All three were very good movies. I enjoyed them, but you, you know the timing and the direction, really, and also behind the scenes politics. I think really ruined, you know, the the films and what they probably wanted to do, but unfortunately, you know. After what happened, uh, you know, behind the scenes, it just ruined everything. So, hopefully, this can be a learning lesson for Warner Brothers moving forward, and that they put their faith and trust in uh, James uh, James Gunn and what he wants to do. And I'm really pulling the, uh, pulling you know, uh, you know, supporting James Gunn and seeing what he can do about it. You know, Superman Legacy seems to have some. You know, inkling of hope, but again, uh, we can't get our hopes up, we have to see how it is at first before we, you know, judge it. And after that, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get uh, Batman, baby, in the boat, after that, too. So, a lot to look forward to. But also, speaking of Aquaman Lost King, again, guys, I will be covering and doing a review of this later on in the episode, so please stay tuned to hear my thoughts and views and how many popcorns. And we're gonna give this. So let's go on to. With that said, guys, let's go on to the next top stories. Oh yes, also uh, from discussing films, at Christmas Christmas Day box office results, The Color Purple was number one at 18.2 million. Aquaman 2 was 10.5 million. So uh, there you go. Um, you know, The Color Purple early deserves that number one spot, and You know, Aquaman 2, I think, deserves a spot as well. But, you know, obviously they have stiff competition when it comes to the other movies. Also, third, Wonka at 10.3 million. Four, The Boys in the Boat, 5.7 million. uh, Migration, number five, 5.1 million. Ferrari, $2.8 million. Number seven, Iron Claw, 1.7 million. So, there you go. And with that, let's move on to the next top story. And this one pretty much is spilled into a whole can of worms. You know, I think that, um, you know, when it comes to an actress like Tajiri P. Henderson, uh, Oprah Winfrey, and Whoopi Goldberg, and this pretty much, you know, this pretty much um, started when Tajiri, you know, for, you know, a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, talked about... You know, uh, the you know her treatment, her, her uh, in the uh, entertainment history, her career, where she is now, and you know, really her struggles with pay disparity. So let's play this one right here. This is from this is the CNN channel on YouTube, and just bear with me, guys, so you can hear this as well. But after that, we're also going to get into the aftermath into it when it comes to will be Goldberg, over Winfrey, and where they come in. So, here we go.
1: So hard. Being gracious at what I do. Getting paid a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of hearing my sisters say the same thing over and over.
2: Taraji P. Henson's brutally honest and emotional explanation of Hollywood's pay disparity is going viral. I hear people go, you work a lot. "I mm-hmm. oh, have to. Mm-hmm. The math ain't
1: math. Mm-hmm. Big bills come with what we do. Mm-hmm. We don't do this alone. The mm-hmm. fact that we're up, is a whole entire team behind yes, us. Yes. They have to get paid.
3: And lo and behold, uh, we found out that... Uh, Oprah Winfrey and Whoopi Goldberg were involved in this, and more information, let's get into uh, the next part of this from Comedy Hype on YouTube as well, and the title, Whoopi Goldberg confronting beef with Oprah Before the Jury P. Spoke Out. So, here we go. This is from Comedy Hype YouTube channel.
5: For Comedy Hype News, I'm John Avila. The pressure to maintain in Hollywood appears to create an environment for feuds to exist unfortunately has put a few notable black women at odds. On Friday, Oprah Winfrey your post on Instagram with a message that looks to now tie into a possible feud with actress Taraji P. Henson over the new Color Purple remake. I've long admired Taraji. She can make you laugh, cry, cheer, and feel everything in between, but I had no idea she could sing. Taraji, the actress of force. Taraji, the singer. A complete revelation what i love about her portrayal as shook avery is that she plays her like a woman who not only sang the blues but i had lived the blues only taraji could do that she shared that her late father once told her you're going to be one of the greatest actresses alive but wait until the world hears you sing taraji the stage is now yours and i already see the standing ovations for you i'm fiercely welcoming taraji to the purple sisterhood and I cannot wait for you to meet her version of Suge. The color purple is in theater starting Christmas day. In the Instagram post, Winfrey would share several pictures of Taraji on set and doing press of the film. In one video, Henson gave her reaction when she found out she got the role and who she was gonna be sharing the screen with. This latest post from Oprah, for some, was a direct response to an alleged beef brewing behind the scenes with her and Henson. Earlier this week, Henson made public comments on pay disparity throughout her career. In one press interview, she would reveal that she nearly declined to be a part of the reboot of The Color Purple because of the salary. As soon as news broke, the online conversation began to shift to Winfrey, who was listed as a producer on the reboot. And why wasn't she able to advocate for better pay for the black actresses in the cast? One user on X will go on to right, Oprah is far from broke, and you mean to tell me Taraji and Fantasia almost walked away because of them being low-balled? Monique tried to tell us that, and the folk called her crazy. Another user in agreement would write, reading between the lines, Oprah and company don't pay black actors. In addition to these posts, fans began to pick apart a video online of Winfrey taking photos with Henson, Danielle Brooks, and Fantasia on top of a building. Some fans think because of their body language that the two may not be on good terms, adding fuel to this rumor and alleged beef. Others defended the video claiming it was cold. Now, interestingly enough, just last month, in an interview with Essence Magazine, Winfrey shared that she made only $35,000 for playing Sophia in the original Color Purple. They were only offering $35,000 to be in this film, and it is the best $35,000 I've ever earned. According to an inflation calculator, $35,000 in 1985 is equivalent to about $99,000 in 2023. As Winfrey began the trend, so did highlights from past Oprah Winfrey shows and it doesn't appear to be the first time Winfrey would have some tension and connection to The Color Purple. During an episode from a 2010 episode of The Oprah Winfrey Show, then guests Whoopi Goldberg and Winfrey would reveal that they haven't spoken to one another in years, all because they both thought the other person was mad at them. If you can recall, both women would share the screen in the 1995 original of The Color Purple. Winfrey would then reveal that the two would end their alleged feud at Tyler Perry's house during a screening of his film For Colored Girls where Goldberg had a role.
2: Whoopi and I really hadn't seen or spoken to each other in years and then this summer we ran into each other at a gathering at Tyler Perry's house when uh, she was down there filming the movie for Colored Girls. Hello! (laughs) It was really a divine moment, I thought. I'm going to try not to cry because uh, we met in the kitchen. Whoopi came up, can I share this? Whoopi came up to me and she said, she said, can I just ask you something? Did I do something to you? And I said, what are you talking about? She says, all these years, you know, we've been disconnected. And I just want to know, did I do something? I said, all these years, I thought you were mad at me. All these years, I thought that you thought, I don't know what I thought. Was it's was crazy. It's was it was crazy. crazy. What was that? Who knows? So no. you weren't mad at me? No, I had, had no reason. Always- you hear what Whoopi said, Whoopi said this, or, well, You know, Whoopi don't say much of anything. <laughs> and when yeah. I do say it, I say it out where everybody can hear it. Yeah. Now, I don't hide my stuff. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't play that. Yeah. We can meet each other woman to woman where we are now. That was the past. Don't know what that was. This would have never happened had we not had that moment at Tyler's. Tell her, this is. She um, always thought it was the reverse. Yes, and I, I same time, to... what did I do? I couldn't have done anything because I hadn't seen her since The Color Purple. I'm like, what could possibly have happened?
5: Is as certain as to at what point did Winfrey and Goldberg feel a rift between each other, but they would see each other again in 1990 on Winfrey's show, where the old friends would discuss the newly Oscar-nominated Goldberg for her role in Ghost.
2: When? Your name was called because you no, know, no. Everybody says you know it's great to be nominated, but there's a thing about when the five names are listed and yours is called and the seconds before the envelope is open. Well, see, we were asleep because it happened at five thirty for us, and so the phone rang and I thought <laughs> somebody is dead <laughs> or I owe somebody some money, <laughs> and, and they just tracked me down. I picked up the phone and somebody said. What, what? And I went, what, what? I said, slow down, slow down, please. And they said, you've just been nominated.
5: Now, it <laughs> would quietly appear for some that a possible feud between them was brewing. As the then exact producer of the Oprah Winfrey show, Cherry Salada told Winfrey in 2011, I feel like it's been in the zeitgeist that you and what we don't speak. I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, but the truth is, you did it. Fortunately, the women would have their moment to put an end to the rumors, that they didn't like each other and moved on. Fast forward to this week, as rumors of an alleged beat between Hinton and Winfrey began to circulate online, Hinton would take the Instagram to thank users for the support, but also clear any air about Oprah. It is so important for black women and all black women of color to support each other. It is also imperative to have women of color in decision-making positions across all industries. Thank you for responding to my message with compassion, understanding, and support that I've received. With that being said, Miss Oprah has been nothing less than a steady and solid beacon of light for all the cast of The Color Purple. She has provided encouragement, guidance, and unwavering support to us all. She told me personally to reach out to her for anything I needed, and I did. It took one call, one conversation, one decision-making black woman to make me feel heard. Thank you, Miss Oprah, for all you do." Unfortunately, this post wasn't enough for some of Henson's followers. One user would write, Musk got the call once people started noticing the body language on TikTok. We still don't F with Oprah, but I love you Taraji. Another would chime in, I don't buy it, but I support you Taraji. One more user would simply add an agreement, well I don't trust Oprah, I don't care, but go off. Let's talk about it more in the comments below. Do you think Oprah with a reported net worth of $2.8 billion should be held responsible for the offer Taraji and the rest of the cast of The Color Purple will receive? And do you agree with how this potential feud with Oprah will be put to rest? Save the for the latest news and comment subscribing here to our YouTube channel and follow Comedy comment across all social media. For Comedy ComedyHab News, I'm John Al.
3: And our last uh, uh, video clip on this one, this one is from Shirell's World and she covers the dark side of Oprah and uh, how she mistreated the jury P. Henson and Whoopi with the color purple musical. So here we go.
6: Hi guys, how are you today? I wanted to jump on here really quickly and talk about the Taraji P Henson and the Whoopi Goldberg situation with Oprah Winfrey. And I would say, in all honesty, about a month ago, I was really shocked that the newer generation did not like Oprah Winfrey they don't like her they feel that she's low down underhanded and doesn't help the black community and this was very hard for me to understand at first because my generation grew up loving her because she accomplished so much but now after what she's doing to Whoopi Goldberg and Taraji P. Henson and Fantasia oh my gosh the younger generation they were on to something so let's get into it So we all know Taraji P. Henson came out a couple days ago, very distraught. She was actually crying. And she was saying that black actresses and actors in Hollywood aren't getting paid what they're worth. Now, at the time, we had no idea she was talking about Oprah Winfrey.
1: I'm just tired of working. So hard. Being gracious at what I do getting paid a fraction of the cost. You get tired. Mm-hmm. I hear people go, you work a lot. I mm-hmm. have to. The math ain't mathin'.
6: Now, according to the rumors, there was an executive that approached Taraji P. Henson. Now, I really do believe that this executive was Steven Spielberg. That's just a feeling that I have. But right now, this executive is not being named. Anyway, he approached Taraji P. Henson and asked her how come she did the movie that Oprah is producing now, The Color Purple, the musical, why does she accept the role at such a low rate? According to Taraji B. Henson, she said that Oprah Winfrey told her that they only could pay her so much because of the writer's strike. And then this executive goes on to tell her, that's not true, you're top tier. We would have paid you top dollar. They said when Taraji found out that Oprah did her dirty, she was absolutely devastated. Then she gets with the other actresses, Fantasia Barrino, Halle Bailey, Danielle Brooks, and they all start comparing notes, in which they all find out that they are extremely underpaid. I'm being told they were paid as if they were still performing on what we call the Chitlin Circuit and we all remember the chitlin circuit back in the day and let's not forget how she lied to cut Whoopi goldberg out of the movie completely now the color purple was Whoopi's signature role she actually won an academy award for her performance her role in the color purple is what makes her an outstanding egot winner and we don't have too many african-american egot winners uh i can think of only a couple viola davis Perhaps uh, Jennifer Hudson? I can't think of any more. I mean, in the original, Whoopi Goldberg is what made the movie such a success. But according to the rumors, Oprah Winfrey went around and actually told the other producers, Steven Spielberg, Scott Sanders, and Quincy Jones, that Whoopi wanted nothing to do with the remake. She even told this lie to the cast, specifically Fantasia Burino. And according to Fantasia, she grew up idolizing Whoopi in this role i can't wait to see her and see because you got to understand i could never come behind Whoopi and do and she laid the path
0: and she laid it well
6: but according to Whoopi goldberg oprah straight out lied she said she was never approached to do the movie because if she would have been in any kind of capacity she would have done
3: okay and then right here but let me just um let me just recap uh, so far. So basically, uh, to Jerry P. Henson, you know, talked about the issues with pay cap, uh, pay gap and what she's been going through financially and what others have been going through financially. And I think a lot of people are pointing a finger at Oprah and, you know, and, you know, uh, and her role in, in, you know, this happening. Uh, and so... It's heartbreaking, it's sad, upsetting, it's disappointing, and it's not good, um, it's not really a good sign at all, really, when it comes to, and also don't forget guys, The Color Purple, that movie, the, the remake they did, uh, The Color of Purple, that movie came just came out a couple weeks ago, it's already number one, so I think a lot of people are going to see it, and I think regardless, even if Oprah, was or was not in it, The the, you know, the movie was going to succeed anyway. I mean, you know, it has Whoopi Goldberg, Fantasia, Reno, the the person, uh, the the lady who was just speaking, the Jerry P. Henson, and many others. And so, you know, I, um, and, uh, you know, so, I, I think regardless, uh, it would, it would not have worked either way. And, um, Uh, I do think that, at the end of the day, it just goes to show you how other people are, um, you know, certain folks, you know, celebrities we have can be very, very, you know, very two-faced and two-folded. So, I just, do I see a resolve coming with this? No, I don't. Uh, But I do think that it it does expose certain people, like, for example... And other producers out there that don't really care and they are in it just for themselves, despite, you know, just the money as well, because, you know, they they are protected, you know, overall. So let me just see if the the rest is going to play. Here we go
6: now after finding out how dirty oprah is and what a liar she is according to the rumors the cast they're done with her they're not even speaking to her and this is why the press junket was absolutely awkward yesterday when nobody was speaking to oprah winfrey at least none of the cast members
2: child i just want to know what did oprah do to Taraji? Like, check this out look how she walk up right they all walking up look at it okay look they don't greet each other. Taraji looking over here in space. Just so you don't have to make eye contact with Oprah. Oprah doesn't turn to the side and say, say anything to her. Okay. I can't remember her name. I think her name is Danielle. This other actress. I don't know. I'm not going to lie on her, but I love her. Here come Fantasia. And look, she right there by Taraji, right? Right? And look what she do. Look what she do. Scoot them down and get at the end.
6: Now, to say that this was awkward was an understatement. How are you going to be on a press tour and no cast member is speaking to you? Now, everyone's going around saying that Oprah treated everybody this way because she wanted all the attention. According to the rumors, Oprah Winfrey is absolutely jealous of Whoopi Goldberg. And they feel that Oprah isn't celebrated anymore the way that she used to be. And one of the reasons she's not celebrated anymore is because the things that she has done in her past. According to the rumors, Oprah Winfrey was more than willing to make a documentary about Michael Jackson and his allegations, even though he's no longer with us, to defend himself. She also did Russell Simmons the same way. She was going to make a documentary about his allegations, but not let him on the documentary to defend himself. When she found out that the accuser's story wasn't that very strong, she decided to cancel the documentary, but not talk about it publicly. There was also a large portion of her career when she flat out refused to support any kind of rappers. According to her, she didn't support the lifestyle, and she didn't agree with them using the N-word. It's being reported that Gail had to beg her to bring on 50 Cent and Puff Daddy. And while she was going around making documentaries about... African-American men that have been falsely accused she failed to talk about her own scandal at her school in Africa The dorm mother was accused of touching some of the girls and there was absolutely no documentary made about that And of course recently we found her in a couple lies She said that she didn't take Ozempic and that she did it the natural way only to be forced to come out a couple weeks later Because the story was going to break anyway So now more and more people are losing respect for Oprah Winfrey to the point that the cast themselves decided to give Whoopi Goldberg the flowers that she absolutely deserves. There would be no remake of The Color Purple without the one and only Miss Whoopi Goldberg.
7: It's been a brilliant Pulitzer Prize winning book. It's an incredible cinematic classic and we owe you. So, so for me, it was it was going back to Alice's brilliant words, and for me it was that opening line,
0: mm-hmm.
7: right? Dear God, I'm 14 years old, yeah. right? And you know, the the for me, I knew immediately that anyone who can write letters to God has an imagination, yeah. and immediately I said, if we could expand that imagination, if we could give Seely that expands yeah. mm-hmm. to dream all her dreams to to live them in a head that will eventually help her to achieve them in real life, mm-hmm. then we'll actually be contributing to this canon. Mm. right? And that for me was the main thing. And once I figured that out, I mean, it was about finding these brilliant women mm-hmm. to just bring life into that.
6: I mean, at the end of the day, isn't this what this is all about? For a 14-year-old girl that's being touched against her will by some strange man and she can't do anything about it? Isn't the color purple supposed to inspire people that feel helpless? That's what I thought this was about. But according to Oprah Winfrey, this is about some 70-year-old woman that's passed her time that still craves attention. Or at least that's how I feel about it. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section. Am I being too hard on Oprah Winfrey? And why do you think she's doing the things that she's doing? Or do you not believe these rumors at all? Until next time, bye for now
3: and we're back Um, so there you have it guys there's the entire hot mess uh, complexity issue uh, between Oprah to Jerry and Whoopi and you know I think when you look at the entire situation you have to point the finger at Oprah because I think it just shows that, you know, uh, when Oprah first started, you know, she had her first, she had the talk show, she had so many celebrity guests on the show, and, <clears throat> you know, um, I, you know, growing up as a kid, I never was a fan of Oprah Murphy. never was a fan of Oprah Winfrey. I thought that, you know, she was boring, I didn't really like her show or whatever, and you know others in my family you know watched Oprah but I think years later with her show talk show ending and her owning uh own her uh, own like network station like own network or whatever I think you know we see a different side of Oprah Winfrey a side that is not at all pretty and one that you know uh one that's never gonna go away uh and it's sad and it's unfortunate that the jury has to come out and, you know, talk about her struggle, you know. Because for someone who, you know, fired her own staff after Empire, you know, she had to make a choice for herself. Whether it was the right one or the wrong one. And she's she's standing on her own, two feet. Uh, but, you know, I don't blame the jury for, you know, going off and you know, laying on, being emotional, talking about her struggle. I'm pretty sure other actresses have the same struggle, too. So, um, but hey, shout out to the cast and crew of The Color Purple, where it's, uh, it marks the second biggest Christmas Day opening in history with historic 18 million uh, haul at U.S. box office. And so, um, just like I told you guys before with, um, with the list on Christmas Day, The Carper was number one, Alcheman was number two, Wonka was number three, and a couple other films too. Iron Claw was the last one, in number seven. But you know, regardless of the negativity and the backlash, the sh- you know the movie is doing very well, very good so far, and I think it's going to succeed even bigger and better from here on out. So, let me see if there is another top story I wanted to cover here. Today, tonight, rather. Ah, here we go, yes. Uh, this right here, from Jared.com. Timothy Charlemont's car gets banged up at Christmas Day Lakers game. Timothy Charlemont probably wasn't too pleased when he exited the Lakers game on Christmas Day. 27-year-old walking actor was joined by his dad, Mark Charlemont at the Lakers' basketball game on Monday afternoon, December 25th, at the Stable Center in Los Angeles. Timothy parked his car at the valet, but it appears that his car got banged up while being parked. Teams reports that the valet driver crashed his electric car to the wall, scraping the front driver's side of the vehicle. Photos show the scraps on the front left bumper of the vehicle. While walking into the arena, Timothy, Timothy was seen posing photos with fans. Um, so... And very unfortunate that this happened to him. And hopefully, you know, um, you know, hopefully all, you know, hopefully he can get his car repaired. But, you know, people have to be careful about, you know, where they're driving to, you know, uh, regardless of what happens, because I think that this could have been preventable. And, you know, it's a good thing that Timothy and his dad was not in this, was not in the car when this happened and were, you know, already inside the um, arena, a stable center, now known as uh, as as the uh, as Crypto. arena, I believe. So, um, you know, Timothy and his dad caught you know caught a lucky break, and hopefully, you know, the uh, the car can be repaired. But at the end of the day, I'm just glad that Timothy and his father are alright. So, with that, guys, we're going to take our first pause, and when we come back. We are going to get into our recaps of, you know, this week's daytime, starting off, as always, with General Hospital. So, with that, guys, uh, stay tuned. And um, also, guys, like I said, uh, you know, um, also, like I said, we are going to dedicate this podcast to the recently late, great uh, soap opera actor, Kamar D. Los Reyes, who played Antonio uh we play Antonio uh um Vega on Want to Live who passed away on December 24, twenty twenty three, the day before Christmas and it's very unfortunate. Again, uh my thoughts and prayers and Willie's thoughts and prayers goes out to uh Sherry Soam and, you know, their three children and their family, friends, loved ones, actors, actresses that were with Kamara over the uh, over the years. And uh we're going to play um Actually, right now we're gonna play a a clip of him, his time, and want to live. And also after that, a a, a um, word from one of our sponsors, Popeyes, and a quick music break. So stay tuned, guys.
6: Remember that the jury likes to enforce a death penalty
8: when it comes to killers. Well, I'm gonna be real sure I don't get caught and I'm getting over there.
6: I just got I got a radio for backup. I just hope it's not broken.
7: This is Mobile 8 requesting a 614. Mobile 8, Roger. What's your position? The
2: Flynn Brickner Warehouse on Dock Street.
7: Flynn Brickner Warehouse, Roger. Backup unit on the way.
8: Are you sure you're okay? Yeah. I found out you hadn't shown up for work, I got all my boys out on the street looking for you. Mrs. Ramirez said she saw you leaving with these two losers and spoke up. What happened?
6: Uh, nothing, nothing. Look, they just wanted to play, you know, games. Humiliate the females, stuff like that. Just, that's fine. Everything's... it, it was nothing. Yeah, wait, no, come on! Come on! I got a backup on the way. I want this call to be clean.
2: Believe me, these guys are going to pay.
8: There's in your pockets. Huh? Who paid you to do this? Some guy. We don't know who. Shut up. Is that him, yeah. huh? Is that all you know? Uh, who paid you? What does he look like? Oh, you don't know? We don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. <laughs>
2: don't make a lick of sense to most people. A big city built below sea level that throws logic out the window and beads to strangers. And our chicken is no different. A fast food restaurant selling fried chicken that takes 12 hours to marinate? That makes no sense. But it does make delicious. The best recipe for big flavor ain't about logic. Because you know magic when you see it or when you taste it. We don't make sense. We make chicken. Love that chicken from Popeye's.
3: podcast, Nathan Spotlight, my spotlight for tonight. And uh, let's get right into General Hospital. And, you know, General Hospital right now is winding down until uh, next year for 2024. Uh, with the holidays kicking in, uh, you know, poor Charles just had Christmas. And we have Nina confessing in a chapel to Cyrus. Unbeknownst to her, because she thinks she's confessing to a priest. About what she did when it came to the SEC, Carly, Drew, Michael, and others involved. And, you know, this is the perfect time for Cyrus to take advantage and uh, get back at, you know, uh, Sonny, most of all, and others. But I think, you know, this is going to be uh, another letdown, unfortunately. Because we all know eventually Nina, the truth will be exposed and I do think from the promo this week from General Hospital, um, you know, it's going to be. Uh, I think I don't know. I think it's going to be Lois that's going to tell Sonny about this, unless, uh, unless you know, it comes out from comes out from someone else. So, I um, I wouldn't I wouldn't you know pay too much attention to it. But the scenes with, with Nina and Cyrus and the chapel I felt were kind of well done. Uh, you know, camera-wise, but overall it was just a joke, Um, so there's that, then we have Spencer with Trina enjoying Christmas Eve together which I thought were very good scenes as well Um, you know, Esme went to Windermere and you know, and went to Windermere and she remembered, I think she remembered, you know her memories before you know, she fell off of the you-know-what Window uh, Windermere month, months back when she was held captive, oh, well, not held captive, but yeah, actually held captive by Nicholas before Elizabeth got involved. And I think that just because she remembers does not make her redeemed. Uh, and I I bet that she, you know once you know somebody handles with Esme, she's going to probably you know get put on trial maybe convicted. But then again. Who knows? Because General Hospital loves you know their actors are just so much they don't want them to leave you know. But it is what it is. Uh, you know, Ava was alerted today, and I have to say the writing for Ava, Ava, you know, this past, or should I say, these past couple of months, has been very lackluster and very disappointing. And now that Sunny, you know, Sunny wants her able to live with him. Until this is all settled, um, it's just it, it just it's making Ava look weak because Ava is a strong woman. She comes from a very strong mom family, the Jerome family, and Ava can take care of herself. She does not need any man or anyone else trying to take care of her or to protect her. You know, she can she can defend herself. But I just wish John Hospital would stop making her and other women like Nina so weak and so defensive or so stupid and dumb to the point where, you know, they have to depend on someone to save them. Well the only difference between Nina and Ava is, you know, Nina may not have anyone to save but herself. And at this point, you know, when the truth was revealed, Nina should just tell everyone to go to hell and kick rocks, basically. Um So, let me let's go into um the rest of spoilers this week. Also a couple of Uh, you know, a couple of uh, drops for next year's General Hospital future episodes. Um, There was only episode yesterday because of Christmas, so on the 27th, tomorrow, Wednesday, Alexis goes over legalities with Christina and Molly. Finn chases Rory about Gregory. Sasha warns Cody. Felicia asks Robert for help. Lucy makes a proposition to Scott. Thursday, December 28, 2023. Lucy and Scott execute a plan. Sonny and Alexis have misgivings. Felicia does her own investigating. Liz and Finn work on his defense. Olivia has a slip of the tongue. Then December 29th, 2023, on Friday this week. Spencer and Trina <clears throat> discuss the future together. Cyrus makes a confession to Nina. Esme with his Heather in prison, so we're gonna get Ali Mills' as Heather. This Friday on uh, General Hospital. Lois learns something learned shocking information on New Year's Eve, and Drew returns home early. And now let's get to the uh, the drops. And this is I'm getting this from daytime dish com. So make sure you guys check it out. First one. Cody's addition to Deception's ad campaign catches the eye of someone from Cody and Dante's past. Spinelli's determination to expose one man. Might ruin a loved one's happiness. Second one, someone decides Cyrus has been a thorn in PZ's side for far too long, and takes a shot. The suspect listens is long, but the finger is pointed at a struggling suspect. A familiar face returns to town to take up for the accused. Number three, a threat to the castaways emerges, and looks like the call might be coming from inside the house. Family will band together to get the, to the bottom of mystery before it can destroy their generation. While loved ones are separated, a wolf can approach the very flock they're trying to protect. Finn's trial gets underway and his confidence in the outcome is shaken when a familiar face returns to be a medical expert for the opposing side. <clears throat> Past indiscretions become public knowledge and his happiness with Liz is threatened. Can all wounds be healed? And the last one. Christina will have quite a bit on her plate in 2024. Aside from being TJ and surrogate, she is determined to get her youth center up and running. A fundraiser brings all PC together with Blaze as a star attraction. An anonymous tip gets the paparazzi buzzing about Christina and Blaze, but Blaze doesn't want her career affected by coming out. Christina feels the pressure of wanting to be honest due to her foundation, but she doesn't want to risk losing Blaze. And those are the drops for uh, General Hospital hanging in 2024. And, you know, some of them are appealing to me. For example, uh, the one about, you know, Cyrus, you, you know, uh, you know, most likely getting shot and killed. The third one with the Cassidines. And the third one, I'll, I'll have to say Christina and Blaze. The other two with Cody uh, and Finn. Don't really care about it at all. Uh, both are still useless characters to me, and I feel that both of them should be gone. But, you know, me really we will tease this. Um, recently, there's been word of certain firings. Um, you know, and um, this will shake up, you know, the daytime genre Harrington next year. We can't reveal who it is right now uh, because it needs to be confirmed. But when you guys hear this... You your your heads are gonna explode. Get ready because twenty twenty four is gonna be off the charts and amazing. And you know, let's just say that you know, it's time to shake things up again. You know, as Vince McMahon once said. But with that, guys, let's take a brief pause. When we come back, we're going to uh, get into one of CBS's daytime soaps, The Young and the Restless. So. Stay tuned guys and also tonight's podcast is brought to us by uh, tonight's podcast is brought to us by romance comedy anyone but you. So we'll be right back guys and when we come back we're gonna get into the young and the restless.
1: Wedding? Of my sister? Yes, I am.
8: So where's your fiancé? Where's this him? Hey, I'm Ben. I was her hall pass on your break.
1: Wow, you are a child.
5: It's a pretty long flight. Do you want anything from the front of the boat?
1: I'm all good on creatine and smell like insecurity.
5: Nothing small about me. What the...
1: That's the jerk Poopy got with when she was on a break from Jonathan. I could never be with someone like him.
5: This girl's a disaster.
1: We're <laughs> oh. <laughs> gonna our wedding.
4: Sorry. Hey! what's it going, stranger?
8: What's going on over there? They dated. She crushed his heart. That man does not
1: have a heart. No way. Honey, look who's
4: here!
1: Who is it? My ex, Jonathan. My parents have been trying to get us back together.
7: He's like a son to us.
1: Maybe we should just tell everyone we're together. What? It would solve that problem for me, and you clearly want Margaret. She sees her with me. She wants what she can't have.
5: There's no way we can convince anyone we actually like each other.
1: No, I still think about that night we spent together. Shut up. No, I'm serious. No matter how it ended, it was still pretty amazing. Convincing enough?
7: Let's
4: do it.
1: Honey, here he is.
4: Oh, no, <laughs> I'm within. So, is it like we just got together or we've been sneaking around? Let's just
1: be affectionate. Showtime.
4: Permission to put my left hand on your right buttock.
1: Granted.
5: Not a magic lamp. Hey, little
1: guy. God damn it. We have
2: to take it up
1: a notch.
5: Nice touch. Nice
8: turn. Oh, no, no, it's gonna be hot. When are you ever gonna learn? Fuck it, it's fine. Titanic
5: me. Are they watching?
4: Are they doing Titanic?
5: They're gone, show's over.
4: Oh my god. Do you have a mole or something Anybody? No. One might be in you. I'm good. It's probably a better way to check than what I did. It's a bad idea,
0: right? What did we miss? What did we miss?
8: The palace so her bridesmaids could change so i thought i'd drop by mm, these are beautiful i thought i'd bring a little gift before the party got started
1: even after you said that valentine's day was just a sentimental gimmick
8: oh it uh it still is but when someone passes their sergeant's exam and that same someone pushes me to buy the diner well that special someone deserves some flowers but I bet you want a valentine's day gift, too.
0: <laughs>
8: okay. Here goes. Ta-da! <laughs> some corny rhymes for my valentine. Oh, man. And you could read that while you have some of these bonbons. But wait, there's more. No for sale. In a (laughs) bottle. Check it out. Lush Love. Lush Love? I don't know. Maybe it's perfume for alcoholics. (laughs) Oh, man, Zaga. You're really something. You know, you never do things halfway. You got it.
0: It's
8: all nothing. (laughs) Um, So, what's with the dresses? Oh, I... I can't choose. Well... choose this one why because I'd like to see you wear it
2: oh. okay
7: I ne'er was struck before this hour with love so sudden and so sweet.
6: never be the same, girl, you came and changed the way I was, the way I was, and I cannot explain the things I feel
0: for you, but girl, you know it's true, stay with me, I feel my pain. Girl, love is like you you. I knew that love would bring its happiness
6: on me I tried to keep the sanity I did it in my knee
0: And girl, you know it seems I like this complete I'm
3: podcast in the spotlight my spotlight and now we're in genoa city for the young and the restless so let's get right into it guys Basically, you know, this week so far, on am gonna us yesterday due to uh, them not showing one on due to Christmas, and instead they showed CBS and NFL football, global show the rerun of Property Brothers. Today, we had the showdown between Nikki and Jordan, and the acting was just top notch between both, you know, Colleen and Miller Thomas Scott, uh, where the two of them, you know, had a showdown in an abandoned, I think, cabin outside Genoa City. And the two of them, you know, were fighting. They were going after each other. And in the end, Clara came in with a gun uh, in her hands, you know, ready to shoot uh, you know, uh, Jordan, because, you know, Nikki and Jordan had, you know, tussled. They were on the floor fighting. And the gun got, I think, knocked away. And so, um, <clears throat> You know, so with that, uh, you know, Claire came in and grabbed the gun. She was about to shoot Jordan, but, you know, eventually, you know, it gave Nikki enough time to cause distraction to knock Jordan out. And Colleen Zank's character, Jordan, has been arrested. So uh, we don't know if this is going to be the last time we see him. Jordan, I don't think it, it has. I think it will unless um, we see Colleen Zank against Jordan. Probably by February Sweet's Most likely next year for 2024. So. Um, but yeah. I enjoyed that. It was very well done. Very well done. So shout out to both. Melanie Thomas Scott. And uh, Colin Zink. Also to a degree. Um, Haley Aaron. She did great as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next chapter of this storyline. And so. Also we had the uh, shenanigans going on between. Christine and Danny, as as you guys heard from that clip on the Ryan R. preview for this week, and I'm not happy about it because there's no way in hell that Danny would be attracted to the woman that caused him so much hell to break up with Christine in the first place when Daniel came into the world. And so, um, you know, having Phil's Danny kiss one another, you know, I think is a mistake. And, you know, Danny pushed Phyllis away. You know, he did not want any part of it. And he didn't want to get in trouble. And cause rock the boat with Christine, you know, since Danny and Christine are together. But, you know, we get more of this digressive high bullshit uh, triangle. So, uh, it is what it is, unfortunately. So, with that, guys, let's get to the rest of the sports of this week. And, you know see if there's anything else. Um, so tomorrow, Wednesday, December 27, 2023, Christine and Danny are making a decision about their future. Devon gives Tucker a reality check. Audrey receives the news from a familiar face. Thursday, December 28, 2023, Michael and Lauren find a unique way to ring in the new year. Ashley struggles with her feelings with Tucker. And this Friday, December 29, 2023, there will be a repeat episode Number 7735, original CBS air date Monday, October 13th, 2003, so 20 years ago. And this episode, expect Kevin saying Gina's restaurant on fire while Colleen's in the freezer. JT panics when he cannot find Colleen. Nikki and Sharon fight for the spotlight, a gal hosted by Sharon sponsored by the Newmans. At the gal, Victoria and Michael. Lauren frame with Raul. Brittany and Bobby Marcino. Bobby talking with Nikki. Victor receives a painful reminder of her past. Ashley holds an empty blanket thinking it's her stillborn baby Robert. And Brad worries about Ashley. Alright guys, with that we're going to take a quick pause. And when we come back, we're going to get into The Bold and the Beautiful. So stay tuned guys.
7: not just one hour delivery. This is help with the holidays. Right in your neighborhood. Walgreens.
1: What's going on here? And I thought you were supposed to be at your grandma's. I only said I
8: was. You
1: only said you were.
8: She knew that that I needed all the help I could get, and I wanted all my little girls here.
1: Wow. Good me. Good, I guess it's about time that we had a celebration with our family. Say yes, Jessica, say yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. What am I saying yes to? To daddy. I love this ring. It's the ring that you gave to me the first time. Come on, Daddy. Ask her.
0: All right. on. <laughs>
8: Jessica, my best friend, love of my life. Will you marry me?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you have your hands full, so I'm gonna put it on. <laughs> don't <get> to eat. <laughs> you, I will never take this ring off again.
7: heard about the respiratory specialist said.
2: Um.
0: Yeah, uh huh. She's, she's afraid of infection.
7: But Eric's at risk for all kinds of complications blood clots, pulmonary edema, rats.
0: I mean, we both know the drill. The longer he's immobile and on a ventilator, the higher the chances that he.
2: won't make it.
3: There's no alternative, Bridget.
8: We're at a critical part in Eric's recovery.
2: I mean, they did say that he should be able to breathe on his own, right? You and I both know the risks of his age and his condition.
0: My fear is if we do not do this
2: today, it'll be too late.
5: So we're in agreement? Yes.
4: It's now or never need to remove Eric from the ventilator.
7: Let me ask you something. Do you think Dad wants to be here?
1: Of course. Why wouldn't he?
7: Was he flatlined, he
8: went over to whatever the other side is, and what if he liked it then? We okay. brought him back,
0: Rich. You've got to stop doing this. You need to remain
1: positive. Your father came back to us. It seems like the experimental treatment is working, he's alive. That means
6: anything is possible,
1: including getting him back to being his old self again. And we have Finn to thank for that.
3: And we're back right here on Willing is the Stream podcast and spotlight, my spotlight, and let's get into the bone beautiful. Uh, yesterday, of course, like YNR and General Hospital, um, you know, BNB was preempted for NFL football, CBS and CTV Canada. No new episode, no rerun, entirely preempted. Uh, today, we had uh, Brooklyn Ridge, Rainbow Eric's future, and Stephanie demanding hope teller if she truly loves Thomas uh, again. Hot garbage. Didn't really care for, it, and I it really didn't either. Um, and it's not going to get better from here on out right because we're still talking about. I'm um, still talking about Eric, and and yes, guys, if you, if you didn't know, spoiler, Eric forces or force does uh, survive. So, whoopee, yay, uh, you know, you know, whatever. It's just, it, I mean, we all knew Eric was going to survive, and. Again, I, I think deep down, John McCook wanted to retire, but he probably was pressured into staying uh, on Football and Beautiful. So, again, I love John McCook. I, you know, we, you know, both me really do know that this is not going to be the end for the character because he's going to have some stuff planned, uh, planned um, <clears throat> for Eric Forster, you know, heading to the new year. And so just be on the lookout, guys, because Eric Forster is going to be a force to be reckoned with and may be a town pariah based on who he gets involved. If you guys want to know, uh, listen to the past couple of episodes on our podcast. You guys will know who I'm talking about. But uh, let's get into the rest of sports this week. Tomorrow, Wednesday, December 27, 2023, Steffi warns Hope nothing to toward Thomas, reminding her of the consequences. Finn assures a worried bridge that he is happy with Eric's progress. Thursday, December 28th, 2023, Finn stands up to, for Steffi to a defiant Thomas. Alexander is shocked to learn that his new doctor has connected to the Forrester family. Uh, also Friday, Friday, December 29 2023, uh, b is printed by football. Uh, CBS sports coverage of the NCAA college football, the Sun Bowl. Oregon State versus Notre Dame. In those same markers, BB won't air at all, or maybe the rerun airs at a different time slash channel. Canada and some U.S. time zone will see this repeat on December 29th. Repeat episode from June 23rd, 2023, episode 9048. Ridge races to get Brooke in time. Liam's Royal come crashing down. Episode was filmed in location in Italy. Ridge and Brooke reunite, uh, reconcile. Liam sees Thomas and Hope kissing, so then Liam kisses Steffi. And uh, let me just say this as well, guys. Uh, if you guys didn't know, uh, Thursday, December 28th, uh, Aiden Bradley returns as Alexander Avant. He last aired in August 2019. Why? I have no idea. Because uh, he's going to be shocked to find out that his new Dr. Finn is connected to the Forrester family. Um, so I, you know, I think this is probably going to lead to uh, something. I don't know what it's it, going to lead to because we all know that B&B is going to go back to <laughs> what they what they did in the summer during the writer's strike and that is the Finn, Liam, Steffi, Hope, Thomas, quadruple triangle, whatever. Uh, and to me, I just don't care at this point. It's just, I think we know eventually Steffi and Finn are going to reunite. But with Liam, um, I think, I think he's going to have a new love interest. I don't know who it's going to be, but it sure as heck ain't going to be Hope unless Bradley Bell goes back to that and pretty much ruins Thope in the process. Okay, but with that, guys, we're going to take another pause. When we come back, we're going to get into our last soap opera, Days of Lives, after that, we're going to do a movie review for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back.
2: na. perfect for the bad
8: people. Even better for someone <laughs> Let's eat. It's showtime. So much to love with a new and better chicken maklo. Much malaki. Much
2: juicier. <laughs> much crispier. Pasosyalin pa natin. Paan?
8: Lunch. Much
0: masarap we'll
8: share this Christmas. Oh ano, lunch naman sa nun? Pisi tayo pag-launch. Ayaw na pala. At <laughs> yung mac delivery. You just pindot-pindot, hanap, and then we'll have it to you the mac dog. Halika na nga, saan mo yung kalabasa mo? No? Magmamotor <laughs> lang ako. <laughs> Magmamotor <laughs> ka lang ba? Christian's death. What? Don't play dumb. I told you everything. I want the truth, Manning. Okay. Did Rackham Ross tell you Deco was behind Christian's murder? Why don't we just slow down a second? You see this? This is loaded with information you want. If you ever want to read it, you'll tell me now. Yeah, Rackham said it was Deco. And so now is going to have a visitor. Kill
3: Christian. And we're back right here on winning the stream podcast in the spotlight, my spotlight. And now we are in our last station for our daytime Salem for the days of our lives. And uh, this week on, <clears throat> excuse me, this week on, you know, uh, these are our lives. You know we've had, um, you know, Christmas time is here in Salem, and we've had Nicole fighting Holly in a hungover, you know, while you know they were in scenes with Eric at the Horton Town Square, which I thought were very good scenes. You know we had Stefan asking EJ's help in Lily and Clyde, and you know EJ agreed. Leo conveyed is escalating back the demands to Sloan, who you know noticed Nicole, Eric, and Holly together. And, uh, you know, Leah was being sarcastic in a way when asking, you know, Sloan, don't they make a perfect family? And Sloan looked disgusted. Um, With Chanel by her side at the hospital, Paulina was given a diagnosis by Kayla, and we find out that, you know, Paulina is sick, I think, with one of her lungs. Also, Ava feared Harris found the truth about her role in Clyde's drug uh, drug smuggling operation. After you know Harris visited Ava, you know and get, and gave Ava a gift, you know, uh, you know, Ava feared that you know Harris was gonna was going was not was going not, not was going to but we'll find out at some point what the truth. Then today on, on The Israel lives we have the Kiriakis clan gathering for Christmas, while Sarah was still to be reunited with Tori and with Alexander. Uh, we you know but at the same time Alice and Justin had a sad awkwardness between two of them. With Teresa, played with guilt. Uh, Chad Harris and Everett Street, and them milled together at Pub, which I found pointless and not needed. Uh, Ava flipped out when she learned Stefan asked EJ for help, and Ava was not happy about that. Uh, Const- Constantine arrived with a uh, surprising announcement for um, On Today's Days of Our Lives. And uh, let see here. I missed, and that seems to be about it for, uh, Days Are Alive. So, let's get into the spoilers for the week of January first, twenty twenty four, the first week for Days of Our Lives And it says here is is from the first set are from BuzzworthyRadioCast First one, Alex suggests that Tate was involved in Holly's drug use, which infuriates Teresa. Stephon and Ava are questioned by Harris about Holly's drug use. EJ and Stefan have a confrontation. Chad and Julie discuss losses <clears throat> and what the future holds. A depressed Brady receives advice from John. And Alexander asks Sarah to move on with him. Uh, then the other ones are from SoapHub.com. Monday, January 1st, 2023. Tate finds Holly a victim of taking pills and a cause beside herself. Tuesday, January 2nd, 2023, Trip demands to know whether Ava is involved in the drug trade. <clears throat> Wednesday, January 3rd, 2023, uh, Sloan's first deal with Leo's spending habit. Thursday, January 4th, 2023, Johnny and Chanel awaken from New Year's night lovemaking. Friday, January 5th, 2023, Alexander asks Sarah to move in with him. And that seems about it for uh, Days Are Alive. So, you know, of course, some of the sp- storylines are going to continue into the new year, unfortunately. Um, you know, and I think if the strikes have not happen, if they did not take place, then I don't think any of them, I don't think uh, the current storylines uh, that, you know, I'm seeing right now will continue. But they would have probably ended in November sweeps. Um... And don't forget, guys, we have this other upcoming story coming up when it comes to Holly and Tate and the whole uh, drug thing. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to expect uh, Holly to be, you know, Holly to have drugs. And Tate is somehow going to get arrested in it. That's like we saw in the promo for Days of, uh, for Digital Lives from Day day of Day's event back in November or October, shall I say. But... Um, It should be be a very good storyline. I just hope that Days treats it delicately and doesn't jump the gun on this, so to speak. And with that, guys, we're going to take a uh, quick pause. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, Aquaman, the movie review, um, Aquaman the Lost Kingdom, the 2023 film. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back.
7: Subway slicing their turkey fresh, like on the Titan Turkey. Pow high with double the cheese and more meat. I prefer freshly sliced turkey. It's my favorite mouth guard flavor. Mm. Now available at Subway. The Sub, not the mouth guard.
0: You
6: I mean you were just so good with Dylan when you told him to you know concentrate on what he and Marty had together and
1: that he should just let his jealousy go and uh, I was kind of wondering where did that come from? I mean up to this point you've been pretty hard on Marty because of her complicated feelings about Patrick Thornhart.
8: I know but Dylan was hurting and I thought if he loves her that much then he can't afford to be jealous It's only going to make it harder on him to see things clearly. It's not going to help him get Marty back. And that's important to you. Harrison, look, it's like this. When I was in Statesville and and before, I was always angry and alone. So I'd always say, screw it, you know? I mean, uh, I've got nothing to lose. But now I do. i totally understand how it feels and yeah i've i've got to root for him because that could be me and i don't know what i'd do if i ever lost you
3: Welcome back to William the Stream Podcast in Spotlight, My Spotlight, and it's moment you all will be waiting for my review on Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom, a 2023 American superhero film based on the DC character Aquaman, where in this film Arthur, Arthur must work with his half brother Orm to prevent Black Manta from killing his family and using the cursed black trident to overheat the world while searching for the lost seventh kingdom of the seas. Um, you know, this movie I thought overall was a very good movie. Uh, it wasn't great. It wasn't spectacular. You know, there were some times where the movie was felt kind of cringeworthy and very corny. Um, you know, and there were parts of the movie where I felt it was kind of rushed, where the story and the pacing could have been much better. But, you know, um, <clears throat> you know I think that if... And like I mentioned before, previously, earlier on on the show, in the podcast, you know, just now that, you know, with the cutscenes of what was cut out, it would be interesting and nice to see a director's version of what was actually supposed to take part in it. Or supposed to be tar- supposed to take part, excuse me, in Aquaman Lost Kingdom um, originally. But, you know, unfortunately, it, it didn't happen and it is what it is. Um... You know, I didn't think this was a bad movie. I just thought it just wasn't great. You know, and the movie I felt at times lacked a certain sense of awareness and discovery. And, you know, uh, I I would love to see more about the sea kingdom, you know, in the oceans and how, you know, it continues to affect, um, you know, earth dwellers and... People from the Atlantis Kingdom, and so we those from the Atlantis Kingdom, and how they try to, you know, um, and how they try to work together and coexist because, you know, like mutants from the X-Men, certain people have an issue with mutants, and you know, mutants are not, you know, bad, bad people or anything. They just want to be accepted, just like the, those who live under. Um, under the Ocean in Atlantis. So, um, you know, I thought everyone on the cast did a pretty good job. Uh, we had Jason Lamoa as Arthur Curry, Aquaman, I thought he did very well. Patrick Wilson uh, as Orm, I thought he did pretty good too. Didn't really care for um, Amber Heard as Mara, I thought that DC was going to let go of, of not, not the character, but also I thought they were going to let go of the actress due to the uh, current Due to her, her situations with Johnny Depp a couple of years ago, but obviously you know she has a contract and you know uh, she wants to honor it. So I don't I don't blame her. I don't blame her. Even though I thought she was needed for this movie, uh, we also had um, we also had uh, what was the actor's name? Ah, uh, yes, Yahya Abdul matan II, uh, who played Black Mantra. and I thought he did a very great job playing the villain Black Mantra. Who used like an Atlantean armor suit in wielding, you know, the powerful black trident, trying to go after Arthur and his family for revenge for the death of his father? Um, you know, and I, you know, James Wan, you know, had plans to bring Black Manta um, <clears throat> for a sequel and, you know, wanted to establish a conflict relationship with Arthur, Arthur to give him a bigger role in the film. Uh, we also had um, Randall Seven Seven Stephen Shen, who played marine biologist. Dolphin Lundgren, who played Nouris. I loved him. I thought he did great. He was the king of ex and Mara's father. Tamura Morrison as Tom Curry, Arthur's father, who worked as a lighthouse keeper. Uh, and Nicole Kimman as Atlanta, Arthur Orm's mother and former queen of Atlantis. Um, So overall, I thought this was a very good film. And I'll give this one, actually I'm going to give this one uh, 3.5 popcorns out of 5 popcorns. Very good movie, not great. It had its highs and its lows. And with this being the last movie of the DCEU uh, universe, the 15th film and final installment of the DCEU, uh, as, and we're gonna move into the James Gunn era for DC on the big screen. Uh, I do think it's a lost opportunity that we couldn't see. You know, again, like I mentioned before, what was cut from this film and what they um, and what was and what was gonna be in it originally, because with the DCEU, there's been so many missed opportunities from beginning to end. I think even when they started strong, you know, they just couldn't. Yeah, I mean there was times where they did fun in the back even when the movies were good. Like for example, uh, you know Man of Steel, like I said before, Batman was a Superman, Wonder Woman, and others. The second song, Wonder Woman, I thought that was a good one too. But then again, we saw the quality go downward, and so with Aquaman Lost Kingdom, it's one of those that went downward too, but still entertaining. So like I said before, guys, I'm gonna give this one a, a three point popcorn five popcorns out of five um and with that guys that does it for our uh our show tonight but before we end up before we leave uh we also wanted to bring you guys the first annual 2023 celebrity awards and more where we have a lot of categories and it goes up to the winners tonight so let's get right into it uh artist of the year jack harlow hunk of the year ross lynch Babe of the year, Michelle Pfeiffer. Sweet Michelle Pfeiffer. Horror of the year, Thanksgiving. Director of the year, Eli Roth. Worst movie of the year, Poor Things. Movie of the year, Flash. Best scene stealer, Jeremy Allen White for Iron Claw. Best comedy, Anyone But You. Best book, Delicate Condition. Best Arthur, Daniel Valentine. Best Smut fanfic writer, Jingle Smuts. Smut Jan on Twitter X. Best adult entertainer. King D Blue, Dame Blue Twitter X, Digital Web Series The Bay, Fanfic Web Series One Day at a Time, Soap Opera of the Year YNR, Song of the Year Lovin' on Me, by Jack Harlow, and New Fantasy Series Rebel Moon. So uh, with that, guys, that will do it for our show tonight. Um, tonight's podcast is our Winter Misses finale. We will return. January 9th 2024 for the winter premiere. I will be back on January 9th 2024 for the winter premiere. Uh, not next week, not next Tuesday which will be January 2nd 2024, but January 9th 2024 for a winter premiere. Uh, but Willie will join me back January 16th 2024 and we will have our um VIP guest for the 16th if we if we can. Uh it's the first one that we teased on the last podcast we did together, so make sure you guys listen to hear out for that. And with that, guys, that's gonna do it for me. Uh, again, I wish you guys a merry, a happy holidays, merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Um, <clears throat> you know the holidays with your family and loved ones. And uh, I'll see you guys again January 9th, twenty twenty four, for our winter season premiere. If you guys want to reach out with Willie and me on Twitter, you guys can go to Willie on at Willie's UPW. Again, it's at Willie's UPW, Willie's U Podcast. If you guys want to reach out to me on Twitter, very simple. Guys, go to Nathan Banks Line, Jason Forever. That's again, Nathan Banks Line, Jason Forever, at MoneyMac101. Again, it's at MoneyMac101, at symbol at capital M-O-N-E-Y, M-A-C, the numbers 101, Nathan Banks' line, J-Sam 4, number 4, ever, the word ever. Alright, guys, so that's going to do it, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, Happy New Year for 2024. I hope you guys have a great New Year, a great 2024, by the way, um, for everyone involved. And uh, wherever are watching this, um, have a good... Have a good night, day, night, evening, day, morning, afternoon, whenever and wherever we this is podcast from. I'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. Peace. And I am out. Take care, guys. Bye.
7: Revelation Uh chapter 7 verses 16 and 17. Yes, sir. They shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst anymore. Reach, reach out. For God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes.
0: Yes, sir. Get ready. 哇